Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. These are the KC Tapes. You, Man, and Favaz explore the backstories and interviews heard on KC, the longest-running rock station in the country. Hey, everybody. How you doing? I'm John Hewlett, along with the mighty Favaz, and uh, it's time for the Casey Tapes Podcast 42. Yep, 42. Yeah, this is uh, one that features Jackson Brown. Uh, Jackson Brown, legendary performer in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, he came to St. Louis in, well, he's been here many times, but he came here in 1989, uh, what, about a f- couple years after the release of uh, Lives in the Balance. And he was touring, and um, I had an opportunity to to go to the sound check beforehand, mm-hmm. which is also on this tape, but we can't play it because there's music involved. In podcasts, you can't do music. Right. And then I got a chance to interview him backstage at the Fox Theater uh, after the sound check. How many times have you seen Jackson Brown in concert? A couple times. I've seen him yeah. once. He was yeah. great. Yeah, he is great. Yeah. Uh, the last time I saw him, I was a little... Uh, a lot of the show was uh, political. No, no, just songs that were pretty deep in the catalog, and I, I'm, and I feel like I go pretty deep in his catalog. Right. But I didn't recognize some of the songs. Um, but he finished strong. The second half of the show was really strong, and hmm. you know he's uh, you know, a legendary guy. You know, wrote uh, "Take It Easy" uh, for the right. Eagles yeah, with Glenn Frey. Yep. Um, you know, uh, Linda Ronstadt and him had a so close association. A lot of artists uh, have recorded with him, and and he's very charitable and and uh, very much involved in politics, yes. as you said. Yes. All right, so let's go back to uh, 1989 at the Fox Theater here in St. Louis. Seventy-two. <laughs> Doctor, my eyes. I think. Right. Okay, here we go. Jackson Brown, three, two, one. Jackson, I had a chance to watch you do your sound check out there on stage, and uh, I mean it's very obvious—not just by watching that sound check, but uh, also uh, listening to your music and appreciating your music for so many years—that you're just a very serious man when it comes to your product. And, no, and you I, have I to like to get all the details right. It's true, but really, it's not—it's not that. It's something we do every day. Yeah. And take somebody to say, okay, now we go over here and do this, and now we do that, because everybody's got their own their own sound to, 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 to deal with and I, I kind of I don't I don't play any one instrument as well as I play a band you know I kind of that's my my concern there's no doubt that it is your band too I mean uh, um, you not bark orders I mean you don't push people around and stuff but it, but, it, <laughs> but 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 it, but it is your band you know and uh, I, I've kind of noticed that uh, you know Jackson Brown doesn't do a lot of work with other people you like to do your own thing is that is that an accurate characterization of you I work with people all the time. I mean, I mean, big name hey. people, big name artists. Oh, you mean like duets and stuff? Yeah, well, yeah. I, I'm, I'm. Huh? <laughs> he just said, "I work with a lot of people," <laughs> and you're like, "You don't work with a lot of people." <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and he's getting to what my point was, but uh, you know, like doing things, uh, 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 sharing the spotlight with other, you know, big name artists. <clears throat> 
he's always pretty much been his his own guy, you know, writing his own music. Um, I have, you know, done duets with people, you know, and I've had I've got people who are, I suppose, are, you know, famous people on my records, but but no, not for the sake of that kind, not for the sake of having a celebrity duet. No, right. I'm I'm a little bit allergic to that kind of thing, you know. <laughs> I mean, I would never like call up somebody who I I know is a great musician and just say, hey, I, you don't know me, but how about if we do a duet? Right. Yeah, it's it's um. It's been a case of, uh, at least in the last few years, I know, for you, where, where you seem like you're on a mission. Is that an accurate way to put that? I mean, uh, your, your last two albums have been heavily political. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't mind if you say that. Really, I, yeah, there's, there have been things that I've really wanted to address. But uh, it, I find that it's just become a part of my life, and it's, uh, like always, like from the beginning, I've wanted to address all the issues in my life, you know. Mm-hmm. Earlier on, my, maybe when my second record came out, a really good friend of mine, a guy that I knew really well for many years before I ever made any records, and I told him, I said, I know, Roger, I know you don't really like my, my music that much, because he never did. You know, he had his own music, and he was always very critical of it. He said, no, no, that's not it. It's not that I don't like your song. He said, you don't really, you're not really telling us, you're not really showing us every, everything, you know, about you. You know, there are lots of things about you that you don't write about. And since that, since he said that, I mean, around the second album, you know, I've considered it important to, to try to address everything that's going on in my life. It's been very clear. Yeah, it's been very clear. I mean, uh, but that's not to say that I just only want to, you know, like more and more and incre- more more and more, I'm referred to as a political artist, as somebody that's writing on political themes. And uh, I really don't mind that people say that because it's true. But it's not. It's certainly not the all I write about. Yeah, you're not going to get a lick it up from Jackson Brown, you know. No. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but, you know, thinking about when this was recorded in 1989, he has been on the political side of things for a really, really long time. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, if you think back to 1989, who was doing stuff like that? Other, I mean, the, the, the band that comes to my mind real quick is you too. Well, yeah, yeah. very political. Well, I mean, Crosby, Stills, Nash, uh, you know, uh, they were always political going way back to the 60s. But at that time. Well, what I think happened is I think rock and roll was very political in the 60s and the early 70s with the Vietnam War going on and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, civil rights and all that. And then it kind of went into a lull period where uh, artists didn't do much of that. And then in the mid 80s, he, yeah, he was he was kind of like a part of that. Uh, Bruce did it a little bit. Yeah, Springsteen. As a matter of fact, Springsteen and, and Jackson Brown are, are very close. Yes, and they are. Jackson, as a matter of fact, uh, Bruce Springsteen, I believe, was the one that inducted Jackson Brown into the Rock and Roll uh, Hall of Fame. That's so, pretty cool. Yeah, they really have a lot of appreciation for each other's ability L- let me ask you this. to write songs. So Jackson Brown has basically straight hair, kind of? Yeah, some stringy straight so, hair. So, it's, yeah. so it was it was brown back then, I'm, I'm assuming, in 1989, correct? It brown. was, but I remember. So does he color his hair, John, is oh. what I want to know. Mm, well. it, it's in 2019, because I don't really know... What he looks like. I, maybe yeah. I'll have to look him up. Yeah, here. look him up, see. Uh, well, I mean, what happens when, uh, you know, guys who get into their 70s color their hair, uh, and they want it to be dark and it's white, it usually turns orange, you know, or some sort of like off, off, uh, pukey brown look. Wow, I am looking at him right now. Diarrhea brown. <laughs> There's older pictures. Um, yeah, I guess there's just nothing... I don't see anything. He's here. really, you know, as of late, you haven't he heard look, or look, seen look much picture. of him. Look at that. I'm, I'm showing the U-Man yeah. picture right now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Here, there's another one. 
So he has let it go gray. Oh, yeah, a he has bit. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. All right. You got a Fu Manchu going there, too, now? uh, No, not on that picture. No. Okay. (laughs) I see you laugh. I see you have a good time up there on that that stage as well. And, and, you know, I think some people say, man, Jackson Brown never, he never smiles. I bet the guy never smiles. His his music seems to be very serious, and it's very, very untrue. But does it bother you that people characterize you that way sometimes? Yeah, especially if they don't, I mean, if it's people that, if they get that impression by looking at one song, you know, but it's never been true. I mean, I have a great time. Mm-hmm. I have a great time on stage. I have a good time in my life. And uh, I've kind of been busting his ass here, haven't I? You have, totally, <laughs> in this interview. And I just came across a picture where he has a porn stash. Oh, yeah. I don't know what year this is, uh, but it yeah. reminds me of the mustache that you had. Yes. Well, you had a porn stash, too. 70s, you had to have a mustache, man. <laughs> he kind of looks like James Taylor there, he too. He does. A lot, of, a lot of his pictures without the porn stash, yeah. he looks like yeah. James Taylor. But the most important thing was what's in the porn stash yes. when you're... No, never Stop it. You know, I think it's... I think you have to be willing to... You know, you have to take a few risks and be willing to look ridiculous to talk about something you feel is important, you know? I mean, you, no no one really enjoys sticking their neck out, you know what I mean? And, and I mean, it, I, I suppose in these days, I mean, you can, you can, you can feel silly if you... And be made to feel silly by taking yourself too seriously, you know. But if you're not willing to take those chances, then you then you're probably not going to stand a chance to actually ever say very much, you know. Mm-hmm. Speaking of sticking your neck out, sometimes you express political views that may not necessarily be very popular, especially in this country now, where we seem to be in a, in a relatively conservative mode. Do you ever concerned that someone <laughs> it's would? It's been that way so long, you know. It's been it's been conservative so long. I don't I don't really worry about that. You know, first things first. Oh, by the way, uh, he's a liberal. Yeah. Yeah, just in case you don't know. I figured people would know, but, you know, this is 89, so we've gone through uh, two Reagans, and now president uh, then was George H.W. Bush. 89, yes. Yeah, Yeah, who was president. He hadn't been there yet. No. He was on the horizon. Right. You talk about what you know and what you believe in. Right. I don't. I don't worry about. I, I mean, have you ever I, have you ever had to be concerned about your own well-being from something you wrote or something ooh. you said in an interview or sang in a song? No, you know, I, no, I, I yeah. haven't. I haven't. I don't worry about it. You know, this is America. You're. I worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> you worry about you all the time. But uh, wow, you know, he kind of sound, you know who he sounds like. Who? Just right there, Neil Sean of Journey. Mm, yeah, okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And we've mm-hmm. had Neil on the uh, the podcast yeah. before. Yeah, he does a little bit. Yeah. yeah. You're entitled to your beliefs and you can stand up and nothing. I mean, no, somebody in my position is not going to be not going to be attacked or harassed. I mean, for, for by that I mean, you know, a public person. I mean, there's certainly a lot of people who have been singled out and harassed for their beliefs in this country, even though... What we what we uh, subscribe to is you know freedom and and, and uh, you know freedom of expression, First Amendment, you know freedom. Like Mark Twain said, in this country we have the we have freedom of speech and freedom of religion and the good sense not to exercise either one. <laughs> We're speaking with Jackson. Wow, that's a that's a good Mark Twain phrase, right? Yeah. There. Wow. I never I don't think I've ever heard that that's, before. That's funny. until 1989 and, and from no one else since. <laughs> wow. I haven't listened to this interview. Uh, since maybe 1989, 1990, something like that. With most of them, I, I think yeah. it sounds good. And this is on cassette, by the way, everybody. Yes. Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah, it? it does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Jackson, what would you say are your two favorite pieces of work? I'd say um, Daphne and Apollo by Bernini <laughs> in the Borghese Gallery. <laughs> and then they... <laughs> 
I know, I didn't get the joke. <laughs> Is that a painting or something? <laughs> yours, though. Yours. Uh-huh. The things that you've done. It'd be nice to be able to lay claim to those, but. Yeah. What, my the pretender? That I've done. The pretender? I mean, that's. You know, I, I have about. The songs that I'm doing tonight, you know, comprise pretty much my favorite songs that I've done. Although there are maybe just as, there may maybe another ten or so that that are, are at, missing because you can't do, you know, a three hour, three and a half hour show. So sure you can. Uh, that's the great thing. Yeah, your your friend Bruce Springsteen does. Right. Yeah. You know, you can do a three hour show, Jackson. Come on. Playing live is you get a chance to do your favorite songs and the ones that have stayed written. I like, you know, I like In the Shape of a Heart. I like that's a great one. I like the pretender. I like. What was your mindset when you wrote in the shape of a heart? I mean, what? <laughs> well, you'd ha- you just read the song, you know, read the words, and yeah. you know that. You well, know. I know. No, no, no. I can't figure that song out. I've listened to it a bunch of times, and I got I kind of an idea, but it was never clear to me. That's a good question. I love questions like this, and I ask them quite a bit. You know, what were you thinking when you wrote this song, or yeah. what was the inspiration? I, I love to. Does he? I hope he answers. I hope here. he does. Yeah. I don't remember. I thought he. I thought he did. He was kind of dissing you right there. He's like, read the lyrics. Yeah, I thought he did, and then he explained it, and I still didn't get it. I think, I think that's how it turns <laughs> okay, out. Okay, let's see. see. I mean, I, I listened to the song many times, and uh, it's one of my favorite songs ever written by anybody, ever recorded by anybody. And just when I think that I'm about ready to get the entire message, another, a line will come in and say, no, no, it's, it's about this. So I said to myself, when I my get a hold of him... It's kind of song. It's my favorite kind of song, a song that is not... It's, it, you know, it seems to be about something tangible that you can focus on and think about. There seem to be events that are alluded to in the, in the song, but it's, it's also ambiguous, and, it's, and it seems to be, uh, you know, there seem to be several, several meanings to, to, to some of the things, you know, spoken about. Just the whole mysterious act of drawing, you know, the whole thing about this heart, you know, the shape of a heart meaning, meaning, you know, in the shape of a heart, meaning like, you know, the shape, something that is heart-shaped. <laughs> see? I don't know. We'll see what happens here. He's but trying. He's trying to explain. He's trying. But also, the condition of a heart, oh. the condition of a life, you know. So, and by we're getting to repeat this thing, in the shape of a heart, you know, and so many things are done. Uh, the other thing I liked about that, about that particular song is the chance to define love in a number of different ways. Because we all use the word love all the time. Love you, you know. I, I love this potato salad. It's ridiculous. <laughs> man. It means good, you know. Whatever, whatever does love means. But, but when, when you describe, you know, like people speak of love, they, you know, they, they, they think in terms of, I mean, Life and, and, and learning and, and try to think of some word for the burning and, and, and you know people think of the way it, it just sort of approximates the way people try to express something and they wind up using the word love right. you know to express so many so many things so in a way a song was a, ch- a chance to almost catalog some of the important things especially not the least of which is forgiving and, and that last line in the song though about the, the we're not going to get a straight answer on it. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> but it's cool to hear him uh, try to, you know, put it into words Yeah, himself, he's not the only you know? one, uh, you know, any kind of songwriter, serious songwriter, will basically answer the question the same way. Yeah. You know, it, oh, it could mean this, it could mean that. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about this, you know. And you know that song, right, in the sure, show? Sure, absolutely. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's great. Briefs, uh, you know, you can see the top of them, but you, you don't know how deep they go. Say it. You try so hard. Try so hard. 
He's trying to remember the words of the song. <laughs> I guess that's not one of his favorite ones that he does, John. <laughs> no, it is. Matter of fact, at the soundtrack, at the sound check, uh, he spent more time on that song than any of them. Really? Yeah. Hmm. To keep a life from from falling apart, and never know the shallows and the unseen reefs that are there from the start. I mean, that's in a, the shape of a heart. That's a great line, man. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Yeah, fantastic that, that's line. a great line, yeah. And I think it's cool also to see this artist, who's probably performed that song many, many times, he knows the words when he's singing them. I'll bet because he's sure. talking them, he couldn't quite yeah. get the words right. I get it. You know? I totally get it. That was a great line, to say the least. Is it, is it uh, strange to you to, to realize, when you realize that it's been 17 years since Dr. My Eyes? Well... Yeah, I, I, I'm not even sure that's right. Is that, is that right? 72 is what it says on the album, anyway. 72. That makes it, yeah. yeah. You've been to Central America. He was, yeah. he was doubting your math, John. Yeah, but he, but he didn't know. It was like, wow. That, that, that was his signature song for a long time in his career. Mm-hmm. And he, he wasn't that uh, tuned into how old that song actually was at no. that moment. Isn't that yeah. about when he wrote uh, with the Eagles, too? Yes, yeah. It's about the same yeah. time. About the same time. Uh, a couple times, ain't it? Twice, three times? About four or five times, too. Well, only, and just to Nicaragua. I've never been to the other countries. And I bring this up because of the album Lives in the Balance is about a lot of the political stuff that was going on in the 80s down in right. Central America right. and what the Reagan administration was doing, and uh, some people had a problem with that. And uh, so he, uh, he did his homework before writing that album and putting those mm-hmm. songs together. So mm-hmm. let's see what he says here. I've been to Mexico, I've been to Nicaragua. And, and what you've seen there is it's probably what soldiers who have been in that area and been in Honduras have come and told me, that the United States has wasted a lot of money and a lot of people have died, and there has been absolutely nothing gained. And then you see Oliver North get the sentence that he got. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it's really... I'd I, I, I say, uh, okay... Let me make two points. One, I mean, all, I think it's a, I think it's a shame that 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 people can people in government can commit tr- crimes and get relatively light sentences, and people in ordinary walks of life, minorities, people who are who are really subject to all kinds of injustice all their lives, mm-hmm. are prosecuted to the full extent of the law, and and. Uh, Unfortunately, he's a, he's a symbol of something, and there's a whole political, you know, nature of, of all that. I I don't really care that much about Oliver North. He he's kind of a. But I think what's unfortunate is that so many questions are raised about the behavior of his superiors, and they won't be tried, and they won't. And the question, the things that really came out in that trial, and all the investigations, and the ways in which it was blocked, and sort of, you know swept under the carpet uh, is, the, is the real crime. It's a crime, it's a crime against uh, the, our form of government. It's a crime against the Constitution because here's the person who subverted the Constitution and all the rhetoric that, that, they, that they put forth about protecting our way of life in America and, and all that doesn't mean it's a thing when you, when you realize that what he was willing to do was lie to the American people, lie to the ele- our elected officials, and completely subvert our representative form of government. And I think, uh, you know, we, ha- we, have a very, we have a very strange sense of justice here. I mean, there are other places people are... I mean, this is treason, you know. There are lots of countries where someone in his position would be executed for, for having done this. But, you know... I don't advocate that he be executed. I don't even care that he goes to jail or not. I think it's, you know, you have to, you know, as a man's been made into a hero, the fine means nothing because he can make that in a week between public speaking engagements. But I think that, I think that 
I think that more should be, we should really look further into these questions. I think George Bush should answer for his part in this. And I think that, uh, I mean, it's too late to do anything about Reagan. It's pointless to do anything about Reagan. He was, he was you know, basically, uh, you know, he sort of did his part perfectly, you know, and very, uh, very revealing the last few years. And I think people, the last few years, we, we've seen that... Um, We've seen exactly what his role as president has been, and many Americans don't want to look at that. They don't want to. They don't want to. They don't want to sort of add up the scorecard and say, "Geez, there was an actor in the White House, and all this stuff went on he knew nothing about, or claims to know nothing about." And uh, you know, it, it, it says a lot about us. Right. I'm speaking with Jackson Brown there. Wow. So yeah. two things that I got from there: 30 years later, nothing has changed. Yeah, a lot okay. of similarities. Yeah. Number two, he is a very intelligent guy. Oh, absolutely. And, and the way that he was speaking about everything that was going on, whether you agree with him or not, right. I mean, he can tell the passion in his voice, and, you know, he he understood the bullshit that was going on back then. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it could articulate it, too. And uh, what he, a lot of what he said there, especially about uh, Oliver North, came true. I mean, Oliver North ended up... Making tons of money at yeah. speaking engagements. Yeah. Got a, a, a you know association with Fox News for a long time. They paid him a lot mm -hmm. of money. Uh, has made a lot of money speaking for the National Rifle Association and everything yeah. else. You know, yeah. so so Jackson was pretty much on the money there. Very, uh, Jackson Brown, very smart guy. I mean, yeah. you know, and you could tell he didn't want to talk about it in the very beginning, and then you get him going, and then. <laughs> Yeah, he just he just went with it, man. Yeah, yeah. I just you know I said I didn't say a damn word. Just let him go. Yeah, just let yeah. Mm -hmm. Jackson, what do you do away from the music? Uh, somebody told me that uh, what Jackson Brown does away from the music is watch CNN 24 hours a day. <laughs> That's not true. First place, you can't get that much out of CNN. But the the um, <laughs> at least not the 30 minute headlines because it's only got 30 minutes. CNN is you see if if you if you were in Italy or someplace where you know you have all the other stations are in English, it does have a sort of a. It's headline. It is a headline service. You can't get much depth out of, out of any television news program, including McNeil Lair News Hour. I mean, that's really, you know, the coverage is very biased. You have to understand that it's basically privately owned. It's a big business, you know. News and CNN was the uh -huh. only station going back then, too. MSNBC right. was back not around. In 1989. Fox News was not out yet, I don't believe, in 89. So, yeah. He could be talking about fake news here, John, and he didn't even know it. Oh, let's see. It's bad. So if you wanted... Um, but you you ask me what I do, you know. I mean, right. I spend time with my family. I have I have uh, I have a little piece of land in California that I go to, and I like to spend time out with my family. And uh, I like I like to make music. I you know mm -hmm. I, I spend most of my time playing. And uh, but if I you know I kind of scan the newspapers and I watch the TV. I mean, I'm more interested. Don't in forget the radio. And radio, too. As a matter of fact, I, 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 I wound up listening to radio a lot the last couple of years. In many ways, radio is a much freer medium than, than uh, newspapers because there isn't the, the focus on the news, and it's really possible to sometimes get through, you know, like I say something there. How much longer are you going to do what you're doing? Till yeah, I, I really don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I yeah, and this is Jackson Brown, and this is 1989. Yeah, so. 30 years later, let's see yeah. what he says. I'll always make music, you know, I'll always, always write songs. But whether or not I'll always tour or make records, I really can't say. I think, uh, uh, I... Well, he could not foresee the Internet at that time either. No. Nope. And see what the Internet has done to, right. to the industry. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, he can record songs, write songs now, but what what record company is even going to deal with it right. anymore? I don't think he has a record well, he doesn't deal. need one. 
Yeah. Just put it out. But still, it's hard for him to get. People find it. A couple ideas. I've got it, you know, a while longer, you know. I just don't know. I'm getting old, you know. I'm 40, you know. Are you 40? Going from from city to city in a bus, sleeping on a bus, and getting up at 5 in the morning and moving into the hotel room and trying to sleep again. There, There are things about it that are real disruptive. Like right now I have my... My son out on tour with me, and he's working in the in the crew. But you know, well, it's always been something that's hard to do when you have kids. You know, it's hard to. Uh, hey, you're a very private person. Everybody's very well aware of that. Uh, obviously, you married a, a very famous woman. It's hard to have a private life when you're famous and your wife is famous. Daryl Hannah. Daryl Hannah, who he is divorced from now, and she is married to. She's married to uh, Neil Young. Neil Young. Yeah. Just a few years ago. Right. And there was a physical altercation between these two, apparently, Daryl yeah. Hannah and Jackson Brown, that uh, Jackson took a lot of heat for. Mm-hmm. I, this must have been before that. Uh, let's see. Well, actually, we're not married. But I think the... Scoop! <laughs> and we've been together a long time, and uh, that's, you know, it's... Uh-oh, you can tell right there. Okay, I, I, I can't wait to hear what he says. A life together is something that is, you know, it's not helped by, by you know, scads of people you don't know, you know, thinking they, or wanting to know all about your, you know, private life. And so, yeah, you, I, we protect that. I don't talk about my, my relationship, and I, uh, and I don't, don't discuss it publicly, and there's no reason to. I mean, it's not, you know. That's not the product. That's right. That's right. And I, I think that people in this country more and more there's like there's there's a there is an obscuring of the line between celebrity and and uh, uh, contribution. I mean, you're supposed to be a celebrity for something. You know, you're supposed to be celebrated for something for your for your music or for your writing or something. But there's also just there are really quite a few people that are simply famous for being famous. There's a whole industry around the exploiting of the... We were laughing because this... Three years ago, I'll never forget this place. I mean, one, Fox Theater? The Fox Theater one is a great place to play. Oh, and, and it sounds good in here. And when you walk in here, you see that all the walls backstage are all written on by all these people from Sammy Davis to Simple Minds. Okay, so you... But we were sitting up there, and had somebody had the TV on, and we watched this lifestyle. They're <laughs> rich and famous. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, and it was, it was, uh, God, what is his name? You know, George, uh, who, the, the guy who, uh, the guy is really, he's famous for being tan. You know? Oh, yeah, George, uh, Hamilton. We all know who you're talking about. George, uh, Hamilton. Say it. Picture of George, John, say it. George, uh, Hamilton. Hamilton. Hey! I was just the same thing with somebody the other day. Wow. Famous for being tan. Famous for being tan, which is to take, you know, this sort of idea of famous for being a celebrity even a step further. I mean, <laughs> tan. That's hilarious. Now, he, and my bass player's family just presented him with an autograph from, from George Hamilton because they saw him, you know, hawking his tan wares in some department store and they could line up and get an autograph, you know. Anyway, it's that stuff. I get a big kick out of it because, I mean, I mean, how far can you go with this stuff? You know, I mean, there are so many people that are famous for being famous, you know, and uh, by the same token, you know, I don't really like to, I don't, I don't let people use my songs to, ever, you know, like for, ham, you know, like hamburgers or, or motor oil and stuff like that, you know, I think that... Yeah, can you name a Jackson Brown song that's been used in a commercial ever? I cannot. <sighs> You know, back oh, the, then it was a big deal to say, hey, we're not going to let him yeah. 
It's done all the time now, though. Yeah, it is. It really is. By artists who back then were saying we would never do we would it. Never do it, but it's it, but it's done by like the, the music may have come out just you know five or six months ago, and already it's on a commercial. Queen, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, we had Brian May on. Right. They were never they never held back about letting their music go. Yeah. You know, being yeah. played by. As and long as it got paid. And it's paid off because I was talking to my daughter, my youngest daughter, about Queen music the other day. And she was telling me how she knew cer- certain Queen songs sure. from the different movies they were in, mm-hmm. different television shows and commercials. Yep. That's how she yeah. knows Queen. That's a- You'd think she'd be listening to her father on the radio, but <laughs> nope. I-, I want people to remember the songs. And uh, maybe this is a, maybe I'm overprotective, you know, but you, I, you I, did, I, I you did. Pardon me for interrupting, but you did let them use uh, Live in the Balance for that uh, PBS special that Bill Moyers did, which is rare for a rock and roll uh, video. Yeah, well, it was, that was, uh, that was, yeah, exactly. That was for a cause, not a product, I realize. That was a a matter of using the the song to 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 draw out certain issues and, and, and points about a subject. I mean that's exactly what the song is written for. So you can't really go into much depth in a song. You can you can kind of point to an area, you can you can make a few salient points, you know, but you can't really discuss it in great depth. And you can make people want to know more. I mean really, you know, Doctor My Eyes, how many how many uh, health insurance companies would have <laughs> used that? Or, you know, or, or lawyers in love. Yeah, lawyers in love, you know, <laughs> Brown and Crouppen. <laughs> Um, hopefully, but uh, I mean they don't. You know, like they wanted. Uh, you know, ch- tender is the night for chicken tenders, right? I mean, ten years <laughs> yeah, when you. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. You chicken right kind of thing, like, right. or you know, running on penzoil or something. You know? Running on empty. Running but empty. After yeah. a while, you know, running on penzoil. Yeah. Yeah. Funny. They must have approached yeah, him. Yeah, they with had those. Did approach him. Yeah. Obviously. They will come up there that knows the music from the commercial and not from the song. You know. Yeah. That's that'd be, that would be the ultimate insult. I would. No, it wouldn't be. No, no, no. It's not insulting, and it's. Um, it's 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 not that, and it would be you know like hey, there's most people would say oh well you know this song had its its life and now it'll now it's making money as a commercial on mm-hmm. in thirty second spots. But yeah, does that mean a song is dead once you start hearing it in commercials? It has what? no social value anymore if it was written for that particular purpose? Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Especially if it really catches on with the commercial and the product. But now, like I said, you know, songs can, can come out five or six months ago, and they're already on TV, you know, endorsing a product. Yeah. Are yeah. those songs dead now, too? Yeah. I, I mean, you know? uh, I'll tell you one that's been bastardized lately for me is Go Your Own Way by Fleetwood, Fleetwood Mac. Mac. You hear it in all kinds of different mm-hmm. stuff. There's a, there's a drug commercial for it right, right now. Right. Where go your, don't listen to your doctor. Go your own way. Yeah, yeah that's real I smart. don't think Stevie and <laughs> Lindsay or whoever had that in mind when they wrote it. Right. Uh, but, you know. I think about the people who, who, who like the song and remember the song, and I just I want to protect their idea of what the song is and not have them turn around and... Uh, hear it as a you know shampoo commercial or a burger commercial or something. All right, thank you, Jackson Brown. I appreciate the interview at KC95, and we've been playing your music for a long time, and we will continue to do so. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Jackson. Can I get you to do a promo real soon? Okay. Oh, where's this at? KC95. Uh, I don't know. KC, Hold on. K- huh? Let's hear this. KC. KC. Yeah. KC95. Uh, hi, this is Jackson Brown. You're rocking with the, with the Morning Zoo on KC95. That'll be fine. Okay. Hi, this is Jackson Brown. You're rocking with the Morning Zoo on KC95.
Okay, just one other one for the radio. Station. Actually, we played in the zoo last night. <laughs> <laughs> Toledo's. Yeah, we played in the. You know, we were going to play this place as the zoo amphitheater, and I thought, I thought, oh yeah, it's like the morning zoo. Like they got these radio stations, is you know promoted by the zoo or something like that. We're literally in a zoo. <laughs> <laughs> Polar bears get in the way. They had these cheetahs next door. That they had been playing my album to them for a month, trying to get them ready, so they wouldn't flip. You know. Cajun 95 is the home of classic rock in St. Louis. Hi, this is Jackson Brown, and you're listening to Cajun 95, the home of classic rock in St. Louis. Hi, this is Jackson Brown. You're listening to Cajun 95, the home of classic rock in St. Louis. He was good, wasn't he? Wow. You know, I like it. He just... Just, just yeah. right back, because some are just like I know. K- what K K K S H? They got to write down the simplest thing. It's kind of freaky. Yeah. Is there anything else? That's it. So you know, uh, the first time I ever went to Mississippi Nights, first show I ever saw there was David Lindley. Yeah, David Lindley wrote a lot with Jackson Brown. So yeah. David Lindley was the guy who sang the high part on Stay. Oh. You know, and he's a great guitar player. And I remember going to that show and the people that I was working with at the time at the state of Missouri were like, oh, we're going to go see David Lindley. Go with us tonight. This is the guy that played guitar with Jackson Brown. That was the key that got me, you know, interested to go. Yeah. And it was a great show. I'll I'll never forget how how great he was. Yeah. Yeah. It was just kind of cool. That's what I think about when I hear Jackson Brown. Yeah. I think of David Lindley. And, you know, we've in in our podcast here, most of the artists we've done were pretty much, uh, you know, um, uh, hard rock artists, uh, heavy metal, even mm-hmm. to a certain degree. So this is the first, uh, I guess you could say, light rock, uh, serious songwriter, singer-songwriter that we've really... Paul uh, McCartney. Well, besides that, yeah. Okay. <laughs> the one that but, I but, had that you were jealous about. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. It was, uh, I mean, this is a guy that wrote with the Eagles. Yeah. So it's, I, I hate the term soft rock, but it was on that more yeah, on that scale side of the fence if yeah you will. So. Uh, but he hit us up temple songs too you know running yeah. on empty and, right uh, you know uh, many others redneck friends also oh, a great love uh, that song. great rock and roll love song. That song so the interview started off a little rocky but uh picked up and i, I think that's uh, because john was kicking on him and uh <laughs> and then and then you got to then then i think he hit some common ground yeah he just loosened up and just kept yeah. talking man yeah he, he, kept talking. he was a yeah, yeah he was, that was good and i don't think he does a lot of interviews I don't think you you know you don't hear much from Jackson yeah. Brown. And even yeah. back in those days, he was uh, even though he's a great songwriter and put his words to to pen real easily, uh, he he didn't like to talk a lot. Right. You know, he was a serious guy. Yeah. And protector of his privacy. All right, uh, there you go. That's uh, episode forty-two. Jackson Brown on the Casey Tapes. I'm John Hewlett. You can follow me on Twitter at STLU Man and on Instagram Johnny Hewlett. Twitter and Instagram Casey Guy. Facebook Casey ninety five Favaz. AMF. Adios, my friend. My fuck. Hmm. Huh? My fuck. <laughs> the Casey Tapes with you, man, and Favaz. For more on the history of Casey, go to Casey95.com or the Casey mobile app. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home-trial.
Peloton, motivation that moves you. 